In brightest day, in blackest night, all other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi everybody, I'm Chad Vogelman. I'm Mark Marble. This is the Lantern Cast. Episode 370. That's right. We are talking about, believe it or not, an issue that came out uh, two days ago. That's how fast turnaround time is around here, guys. And, really. and it came out today for us. <laughs> yeah, today for us. <laughs> uh, before I do, there's two things. First up, Mark, i got a joke to tell you. Uh-oh. How do you throw a party for MoGo? You don't? I don't know. <laughs> you plan it. Uh, that's a good one. <laughs> so this comes from um, uh, over on Twitter at uh, Kyran Sawhill. Uh, he, I just, you know, I follow all kinds of different lantern related accounts on Twitter, follow the Green Lantern hashtag. So a lot of that stuff just comes up in the feed when uh, when I'm logged in to Twitter as the lantern cast. He didn't send this to us, but I saw it pop on the pop in the feed. And I, I retweeted it with the, the, the quote, son of a, <laughs> and, uh, it actually got like 17 people liked it. It's just like, they really, they're really excited about that joke. And I was just like, one of those, it's one of those jokes. I was just like, oh my God, it's so cheesy. It's so stupid. But like, how many Green Lantern theme jokes do we really get? <laughs> so, and it's a Mogo joke. So like you gotta like they're 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 really like they know they have to know something about Green Lantern to really get it. <laughs> That's true. That's true, Chad. There's no doubt about that. Uh so before we get started, I wanted to let people know. Um so we were kinda hard up for a lot of uh merchandise during San Diego Comic Con. Um and Green Lantern uh, uh announcements as well, but there was one thing which was the Big Bang Theory Green Lantern Leonard uh, Hofstetter um, pop? Um, well, uh, there's some new, there's some other Green Lantern merchandise that just came out, probably came out around the same time as San Diego, given the prep prep time the store usually has. Uh, I was at the mall yesterday picking up my pre-orders of the new Venomized Wave. Uh, only there's six of them, but only three of them came out so far, which is the Venomized Storm, um, uh, Daredevil, and X23. And while I was there, you know, I had dinner um, and uh, kind of walked around, checked out a couple of other stores. I noticed that Hallmark's Christmas stuff was uh, out. And I simultaneously lamented the fact that, you know, it was the end of July and there's Christmas stuff up. But also remembered that there was supposed to be a Hallmark Green Lantern ornament that was supposed to be coming out. And I was like, well, you know, what? it's not going to hurt. I'm going to go over there and check. It is there. Um, there's a bunch of ornaments this year that look really cool uh, of various styles, but the Hallmark keepsake line 
is a, uh, a uh, and I'm just kind of op- I'm opening the box here. It's a line of small little uh, figures. I'm not sure. It doesn't tell me what it's made of. I don't think. Um, but it's uh, it's eight ninety nine US, and um, they are little bitty figures, maybe no bigger than like a Lego minifigure, maybe smaller actually. Um, and, uh, they're, they're the, the little, uh, miniature ornaments, like the, the type that you would put on like a tabletop Christmas tree. That's how big they are. And there is a green lantern, Hal Jordan one and a, uh, Aquaman one. And evidently this is part of a line they've been doing for a couple of years. The lady behind the counter told me that, uh, they had a, like a flash one last year and then another hero that she couldn't remember. They also had like a, a Wonder Woman and uh, like a, a larger uh, ornament of Wonder Woman in her invisible jet, which I thought looked cool. Uh, very tempted to get that. But that Wonder Woman that's within that jet is about the same size as these little figures. So she would, I think, go nicely with this line, too. But if you were looking for an ornament uh, or looking for some Green Lantern merchandise and you wanted it, there is the Green Lantern ornament, uh, the keepsake ornament for $8.99 at Hallmark. And the reason I'm telling you guys this now is not just as an update on, hey, this new thing is out, go get it. It may not be available by the time you guys are actually thinking about and ready to get stuff for Christmas. Because the woman behind the counter told me uh, for her particular location um, – the they have a set of restocks for various ornaments that are on the shelf that are set to come in October. She told me that in terms of the very least of her store, the Aquaman and the Green Lantern, the little uh, Aquaman and Green Lantern figures are not set for that restock. So what she has now is all she's going to have based on planned restocks. And I'm assuming that if this store is like that, it's possible there are other Hallmark stores out there that are going to be the same way. So if you guys are listening and you want this Green Lantern ornament, they never go on sale until after Christmas. Uh, So if you're waiting for a sale, don't. It's not going to happen. Go to your local Hallmark and pick this up now because it's very, very likely not going to be available later. I was going to buy a couple of them, like maybe we could do a giveaway or something. But seriously, the store only had maybe seven or eight of them and kind of like, you know, limited edition things. I didn't want to buy up a, a, a group of them uh, and, you know, ruin someone else's chances to get them. So I just got the one for myself and of both figures. Um so, yeah, definitely go to your local Hallmark, Hallmark and pick them up. I know, Mark, you were interested and you were going to go grab one for yourself, right? I'm going to definitely go see if they have Hal. If they have Hal, I almost assuredly will get Hal. Uh, he'll f- her work on the little tree quite nicely. So, For sure, are you going to get Aquaman or think about it? I know you were talking about <laughs> that image that you Oh, Chad, what a joker. <laughs> No, I'm not getting Aquaman. I, if if I was a Wonder Woman fan, I might be. Maybe depending on how that how she that the invisible plane looks. Uh, they could just sell the empty box. It's in there. Trust us. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, it's so lightweight. But the reality is, no. I if I get anything, it's going to be. I'll just get Hal. Yeah. Uh, again, guys, super early, but. It's very, very likely that by the time you start thinking of Christmas, it's going to be too late. So, um, and I'm, I'm not just trying to push sales. This isn't like, uh, sponsored by Hallmark or anything. Uh, if you guys want this, you know, pause this episode, <laughs> run out to your local Hallmark, pick it up. Um, go, go, go! 
I mean, it's it, 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 we've been talking about this uh, quite a lot this year. It's 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 a year for very limited lantern merchandise, guys. Unless we're talking like super expensive statues, um, but it's a year for limited lantern merchandise. So uh, it's very rare that you even see a Green Lantern ornament in the first place. So um, you know, in a year that's already. Uh, very light on lantern merchandise. The fact that we somehow got a an, a Christmas ornament, an official Christmas ornament out of it, um, yeah, go get it. <laughs> but anyways, uh, we are here to talk about Green Lantern Annual Number One. Came out today as we talk about this, um, and uh, man, uh, it's a uh, it's it's interesting because this this story it's an annual. Uh, so one of the things that's positive, I guess, to say about this so far is that it does not connect to the current storyline. Because when we last left Green Lantern, it was at the start of this multiverse sort of an arc where he was meeting Green Lanterns from another universe. This uh, story has nothing to do with that. So in the sense uh, of a true blue annual, it is its own individual self-contained story. Um. It says they're here among us, a menace uh, from beyond the beyond, uh, from beyond the beyond. Who are they? What do they want? And how can anyone stop stop them? The wireless ones is the story here. Um, cover image looks pretty uh, pretty interesting. Um, one might assume it could have been like a lightly inked somehow. Uh, Liam Sharp. Uh, it's the, the, when you get into it, I think the, the art is, is definitely, you know, the more you read, the more you can tell it's different from Liam Sharp. But, like, at first blush, it's not that different that you would think that there's maybe another artist on board. Uh, I'm not sure how you felt about that, just looking at the cover and maybe the first couple of pages. The cover was, yeah, the cover did not, just by looking at the cover, you would not have thought probably anything. At first glance, like you said, I don't think I would have necessarily you would have even thought that it wasn't sharp but obviously once you op- once you open the first page you pretty much know uh and you start looking through it i mean it, it's an interesting art style it's not it works it works for some characters it doesn't work quite as well for others and which we've not a unique criticism over the years when it comes to different that's that's the general rule usually i think for artists that tends to be that way no matter how good you are usually there's some characters you just don't do as well it kind of fits for the story, I think, but but it does. It's a, it's really interesting how it does give you a different vibe on the story because even though it's still Morrison writing it, it does feel like a different kind of story. Just partially, I think, because the artwork is so different. Right. Um, the uh, writer here, of course, yeah, you mentioned it, Grant Morrison, uh, Giuseppe Camuncoli, Cam, uh is the layouts. Trevor Scott did the finishes, so it's a two-person team here. Uh, Steve Olaf is the colorist. Tom Wozikowski is the letters. Gillen March with Alex Sinclair is the cover. Jessica Chen is the associate editor, and Brian Cunningham is the editor. Again, the story titled Wireless Ones. Um, we open up with Hal waking up in a bathtub. Kind of par for the course for Hal Jordan, I guess. <laughs> He is, uh, his he is ring, dressed, though. He is dressed. <laughs> <laughs> True. His, uh, his ring wakes him up, saying that there is an emergency. He gets up. We see a flashback to a Jordan family dinner um, where uh, Uncle Titus uh, is uh, video chatting in from Singapore to uh, tell them to keep the place in order. 
uh, and uh, then the screen cuts out. And then uh, as Hal Jordan in current time walks into the room, he sees everybody passed out on the floor uh, in various states of unconsciousness. As he's shaking all the various adults, like his brother Jim and his wife Susan, this is some of his other family members, the kids show up and say they won't wake up. They already tried. He's got his uh, little nephew, um, uh, Howie and Jason, uh, and then he's got uh, oh, he's got his nephew Howie, his other cousin uh, Jason. I think I don't know somebody. I forget if there's two boys and a girl or just a boy and a guy. Whatever. Anyways. Um, uh, and then his other cousin, Hal Jr., is there, which automatically told me something. And if you're a fan <laughs> of Landry and Lore, uh, you'll know who this is, but you'll you'll get it soon enough. Parallax uh, the kids, Jr. No. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, he's, this is cousin Hal Jr. Uh, the kids explain, uh, including uh, Hal Jr., explain what's going on. There's a force field out in front of the house. Um, everybody outside seems to be living their life. Um, uh, doesn't seem to notice what's going on, uh, through the back door though. Uh, it looks like they're on another planet. They go upstairs and, um, Helen is, uh, looking at a little alien, a little sparking alien, um, who they call Kizipple or Zipple or whatever. Uh, she says it's hurt uncle Hal. It's, it's dying. Please. You have to help it. He says, um, I tried to escape. Um, I beg you, you, you need to help me. The wireless ones, they come, they kill, we die. Um, suddenly, uh, or not suddenly, sorry, I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Uh, out in the foyer, uh, on, on the stairwell, um, Hal and Hal Jr. discuss this. To which Hal Jr. brings up that he's not the, that Hal uh, is not the only superhero in the family because him and Hal together could ace this. He could be the Batman to his Robin. And Hal says, the less said about that, the better. And he says, you're, you're forgetting something. I'm, I'm not a superhero. I'm a policeman. Um, and he says, I, I get it. What do I do with this pointless radio power I got stuck with? If anyone can help zip, it's me. And Hal says, you ever think your powers might be the reason he's here, kid? Don't tip your hand. Um, uh, idealism is a virtue, but so is discernment. <laughs> you know, that's so I'd, that's I'd so unlike <laughs> that. That, that is really. I know you were going there too. When I read that, that I got this today. Obviously, we both got it today because I'm so. It's if if something was easy for me to say because usually usually we're reviewing this like a week or so after it comes out. That as soon as I read that, I said, "Wow, this is that is not how this is not how Jordan." And as much as I, I like, I. I I think fairly complain like in convergence and and even in the the uh, the what the Telos series how they wrote Parallax how Jordan is a moron this is like writing how Jordan is a rocket scientist and he's not that either. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, Hal tells Hal Junior to leave it to him. Uh, it's at this point on the phones and the devices, they get um, messages from the wireless ones essentially saying, give us zip or face annihilation. Uh, they sh the, these uh, wireless ones uh, come into the, the house. Guys, if you're not reading this, these uh, little creatures are just energy based. They look like living electricity. 
Uh, Hal transforms into Green Lantern, uh, says back off. The ring identifies these beings as radio entities, so he creates a tuning fork to interrupt them. Uh, they say, nice, interesting idea, and then they kind of tap into his ring. He says, now, uh, where are you? Noise, disrupting signal from brain to ring, and they sort of disrupt that, and Hal can't think. He collapses to the ground. The kids try to stop uh, the wireless ones, and uh, with baseball bats, that does no good. And then who should show up but Hal Jr. in his costume as Airwave. That's right. If, for those of you not aware, Airwave is Hal Jordan Jr. in the comics, a relative of the real Hal Jordan. So Airwave and Green Lantern are indeed related. Um, he confronts... Uh, the the wireless ones who have I guess merged into a single being here, the three that initially showed up, um, and he says uh, Voyager one is somewhere around 14 billion miles out from this exact point. Why don't I connect you guys to the deep space net network? And he connects them to that, and they go hurtling out of the room. Uh, he says that he can f uh, fix the uh, frequency problem with Hal's brain and his ring. He's like, I, I warned you, it's using you. At the speed of light, it moves. Uh, don't use your powers. And this is when Zip sort of reveals himself and uh, uh, kind of grows in power. Airwaves feeling it. Uh, and Zip uh, so just uh, confronts and takes over Airwave. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the kids get Hal out of the room and down the stairs. Hal still can't communicate. Uh, Zip is trying to uh, speak with people via phone and uh, and uh, television, uh, and he's doing this all around the world. He says, you invade our territories, occupy cells of uh, your network. Uh, human frequency lies between 14 and 40 cycles per second. We disrupt, we destroy. Colonize our native frequencies, force us from our bands with screaming, with uh, uh, witless noise. We bring righteous revenge. We leave helpless infants stumbling, vulnerable in hostile, unfamiliar environment of their home. Without food or shelter, you mans will falter and die. Electrical fields decay. All transmissions cease. Our home bands will know silence once again. So these aren't necessarily aliens, guys. These are creatures who live within radio or just various frequencies living beings from a frequency dimension i guess and i guess our our bandwidths that are used by radio and emergency crews and cell phones and television and internet and blah 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 blah, blah has been interrupting uh here his their their world in this particular being zip is a, you know, kind of like a revolutionary uh, individual who's trying to, you know, he's kind of radicalized and he's trying to take back that, uh, that uh, stolen bandwidth that's, you know, cluttering the, their world. Uh, evidently, the other creatures of his ilk don't think this way. He's sort of unique in this, but that's kind of what's happening. Um, they try to get Hal to do something. Nothing happens. The Jordan family is taken over by this as well. Hal kind of comes to because he hears um, uh, Helen, and uh, he says, uh, who speaks with him, you're, you're not dead. You're not a ghost. We need your help. He wakes up, um, and he's confronted by his family who are taken over, and he says, whoever you are, wherever you come from, I'd like to see you. 
you manipulate my hand, my family. Go ahead. This should be interesting. And he, then he speaks with them. And he says, this, this radio alien is trying to control you guys. Kind of like your wife controls your every move, Jim. You should be used to it. And Susan, maybe you set your standards way too high. Jim can't live up to them, but he'll die trying. And suddenly this snaps everybody out of it. Uh, and she's, you leave my husband out of this. And <laughs> this starts a whole row of dysfunction uh, <laughs> amongst the family. They start bickering with each other, complaining about a lack of sex life. To which I guess maybe grandma <laughs> says, uh, sex life, huh? Wait until you're pushing him in a wheelchair, honey. And the guy in the wheelchair is justice. <laughs> I guess that's her name. Uh, and, uh, it's just, ba- they basically are bickering back and forth and back and forth. Hal looks back over to the kids and puts his thumbs up and they're just like, wow. Uh, suddenly airwave slash zip, who's con- controlling airwave, uh, starts getting, uh, uh, you know, upset, says, listen to me, we have a war to rage. Airwave gains control for just enough time to cancel the interference uh, between the ring and Hal uh, so that Hal can fight back. He creates a bunch of noise, which you know, kind of forces Zip out of Airwave. Uh, so then we have a nice kind of splash page team up between Hal and Airwave, um, uh, to which uh, Hal creates a construct satellite dish and airwave using his powers um uh, transmits him to the galaxy 18 satellite and sticks him on a feedback loop in the meantime how contacts uh has has contacted has already contacted um uh, for backup and the uh chris example uh radio lantern uh, uh on the unseen spectrum shows up to take take control of zip and uh, have him face justice their way. Um, they take off. The problem is solved together. Uh, the The room is in shambles. Everybody's recovering from uh, from their uh, uh, from from their bickering. Um, the, but Hal still says that there's an unanswered question. You know, he says, uh, uh, "What actually happened?" Uh, you know, because these la- these these guys didn't have anything to do with everybody being essentially sp- they're punch spiked and passing out. So what what happened there? And they said we helped Uncle Hip spike the punch for his web project. We didn't know what was in it. And it's like Uncle Hip, J- Doug Jordan put you up to this. Uh, and uh, uh, so evidently this is this is the guy with the. Shaved head and the the goatee and the mustache and the piercings and the ta- you know you're atypical black sheep because he says I didn't ask to be the black sheep of the family but if I gotta be he's just you know creating drama for drama's sake recording it posting it on the internet blah 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 and Hal comes and confronts him in the backyard says what was in it he's like what was in what Hal punches him and says the punch Doug and it's the a call canceled uh, I guess to uh, zip in them this is the end. So I was Hal Jr. was close. He was kind of zippelax for a while. He was. He was. He was essentially he he was being controlled essentially by an entity. So he, he he's following the family tradition well. This makes you know what this makes me want to do. It makes me want to push that airwave uh, spotlight we were going to do or that I made that uh, album art for like a year or two ago. Remember? No. Yes, I know. It was in our list. That was one of the things when we were reviewing possible episodes for this week. 
Airwave, I noticed Airwave was on the list. Boy, that uniform, though, was like a combination of the Flash and Booster Gold. It's, it's And, uh, oh, God, what's his name? Um, it's a little Dark Side, too, actually. No, not Black Lightning. Um, what is the guy with the, the it's, it's uh, the African-American guy with the black uniform and the yellow lightning bolt? Almost looks exactly like Airwave's uniform, but instead of blue, instead of the blue, it's black. Oh God! What is his name? There was a there was a Lego figure. He was a he showed up very very briefly in the Lego Batman movie uh, at the Justice League party. He was one of the uh, Lego Batman minifigure series. Minifigure series two. I'm pretty sure it was series two. What the hell is that guy's name? Uh, da, 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 da. Black Vulcan. Ah, oh, yes, Black Vulcan. Yeah, his costume looks exactly like Black Vulcan's. So. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I thought that splash page looked pretty, with them together looked pretty cool. So the art definitely had its moments. Yeah, it it did have it. The art was not the art was not really bad, but it just was it was it was a little jarring. It was a little it was a little different. For sure, for sure. Uh, how did you feel about the story? Because you know, I I gave you the synopsis because uh, you'd forgotten what was uh, what was it what it was about. So I sent you the synopsis yesterday. Based on the synopsis that you read yesterday and the story you read today, did it kind of match what you were thinking? Was it better, worse than what you were thinking? Like, it was it was better than what I thought it was going to be. But it, but it also earns brownie points of the ties into the Spectre series. <laughs> you get brownie points for that with Helen, with, with the comments, gotcha. but, but the multiple comments Helen makes, which which is a direct re- reference to Hal's time as the Spectre, since Helen is. Helen, his niece, is a major character in during his during at least the second part, if you will, or maybe three quarters of that of that book. So the do you want to explain? Do you want to explain that a bit more? What what those references are, what they mean? I mean, obviously, reference to the Spectre series, but specifically. Well, she she you 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 mentioned one of them. You mentioned when 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 Hal when Hal wakes up after he's after he's Green Lantern and he's kind of like a he just when he finally. St- comes to again she, she when she's talking to him and goes you're not dead you're not a ghost that's the first reference to the fact that she knows the, uh, the, she, her interactions with him and and her time with him their bonding really occurred when he was both dead and a ghost as, as the specter and then you get to the and then you get to the end when when they mentioned how she was microwaved whether we're really supposed to believe this is that's the only reason why she's having these basically Recollections for us, we know they're actually recollections of things that have happened. But but to her, they seem they don't make any sense. But when they talk about oh, Helen was microwaved and she goes, I had a near death experience. I had awesome adventures with Uncle Hal's ghost. So that's all referring to uh, Hal's time as the Spectre and when he took care of Helen once her parents died when they got killed in their killed in the car accident. So Hal pretty much. He was the one to take care of her, and supposedly, I guess, in that, as, as since we're only like halfway through covering pre-birth, which should be coming out soon, by the way, a new episode. The idea that Helen, you know, arguably can was supposed to be either going to be the savior of the world or the destroyer of the world, <laughs> based on her, based on her psychic abilities and her special gifts. So, 
but that's all. But all those two references and the fact that it's Helen, obviously, it all directly ties into. You know, they're being subtle with it. Again, this is a way going back to what we've kind of acknowledged, kind of his. But Morrison has overall done well with this. Is that sometimes, sometimes it maybe beats you over the head with it, but most of the time it's really subtle. That if you don't, if you don't know either visually or what, well, what, what's being written, what it's alluding to, if you, if it doesn't like jog your memory immediately or you go, oh, I know what you're doing there. That you're not going to know because he doesn't lay it out. They don't do the 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 old days thing of of, of asterisking friggin' every every panel to tell you exactly what they're talking about. <laughs> so, I mean, you you just kind of made fun of it, but I I do kind of wish they would. I would time. I I I agree. I was only partially kidding there too. I I don't mind that as much. It, it just kind of was like a joke when we've done some of those Silver Age issues, or whatever. When literally, like literally, like five, like four panels on a on a page would have asterisks and say, as you know, seen in Green Lantern this, seen in Flash that. that then it becomes overused. But yes, I think sometimes, depending on how they use it and what they're trying to do, it would be beneficial. Like in this case, I don't think it would work because I think they're trying to be subtle. I think they really are trying to be subtle. It's kind of like almost like an inside joke. If you get it, you get it, and you don't. But your but it's your point is also valid because you you could be shaking your head the first time when she says the ghost thing you could go oh that could just mean nothing but the fact that she absolutely references that you know he had she had awesome adventures with Uncle Hal's ghost then that clearly is talking about her time uh, with Hal being Hal as the Spectre and and even early on when Abin Sur was still with Hal in that book that Helen interacted with Abin Sur too so that's. Yeah. That's what I mean. I'm sure there's other references in this book. Just you know, oh yeah, for sure. But that's but to me, those were the ones that obviously that resonated the most because of because of Hal's time as as the Spectre. Yeah, I mean, uh, in terms of uh, in terms of just uh, pure obscurity, um, you know, he's been pulling a lot from Silver Age stuff, and and he's doing that again here with Airwave uh, to an extent. Uh, but if you're going to, to to make some pulls from from uh, Green Lantern history, le- let's be honest. I mean, as much as you review it and everything, uh, a lot of people tend to forget uh, Hal Jordan as the Spectre. And by that, I mean, oh, yeah, they, the, the reaction is, oh, yeah, he was, wasn't he? There was a series about that for a little bit rather than uh, a whole lot of, oh, yeah, I remember reading that or, or, or whatever. Um, it was just sort of the, I guess the diehard Lantern fans that, that followed it. I don't, from those I know of who've read the, the, uh, Hal Jordan is the Spectre series. I don't think I've ever, I I don't think I personally have come across someone who read it that read it independent of a Lantern fandom. You know what I mean? Well, I think, I think if you were a Spectre fan, you would have tried, you would have tried reading the book. It doesn't mean, doesn't mean you would have enjoyed the book as much because obviously the whole point of that book, which, which is one of the appeals that I like personally, is the fact that it was not about vengeance. It was about redemption. And that, and that Hal's, and essentially Hal's will was so strong that he was able to tame the base instinct of the of the Spectre and turn it into the spirit of redemption, not the spirit of vengeance. So if you're a diehard Spectre fan, you probably wouldn't have liked that. So you probably would have jumped off pretty quickly. I'm going to guess because of the fact that that's not if you are like old you know Old Testament blood and guts kind of version of justice, and that's how you like your Spectre, then you probably would not have been that interested in that take. But I bet you to start with, when he first became the Spectre, they probably did have some Jim Corrigan Spectre fans 
uh, some JSA fans that probably went along for the ride and people who obviously read what, Jud- what Judgment Day, Day of Judgment. I always forget which one. Judgment Day, I think it is. That well, as a as a Ragman fan, I get it twisted too. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's just weird because they had those two things. It's like, it's, and I'm I'm just trying to go by the cover. It's pretty sure it's Judgment Day was I think was the one with Hal becoming the Spectre. Hal on Earth, as they as they refer to it in the DC offices, as they were as it was being written. Uh, the rea- so I get it, but I think the majority of people who started reading that Spectre book were Hal Jordan fans. I don't yeah. even know if they were Lantern fans. They were Hal Jordan fans because at the time that was like the best we were going to get to having a Hal Jordan book again. Yeah. Since he was the dirty word. All the all the Heat fans. Um, but uh, I, I just I just bring it up because uh, if you're if you're going to make a poll, technically speaking, Airwave and Hal Jordan as a Spectre, those are some deep cuts, um, relatively speaking. So that it's it. I like it that it's its own standalone thing. I'm not turned off by the art. Um, it's Hal back on Earth, uh, so it's a more grounded story. He's with his family, which is something I'd been wanting to see for a while. Uh, he's interacting with the kids, which makes it almost a bit more wholesome, almost like a Scooby-Doo sort of adventure uh, you know, kind of a thing. I, uh, you know, you, you you bring in all of that, and uh, I'm, there's a lot of deep cuts to be found with the various names that are brought up of his various family members. Uh, I, I pro- it came out today uh, where I, you know, we di- we either downloaded or bought it a few a few hours ago. Didn't have a whole lot of time to do research, but I can tell you right away they didn't pick those names for no reason. I'm sure there's maybe one or two that are um, are just there just because they're there. But with Grant Morrison writing us, I guarantee you those names have uh, have appeared in the past. Um, so yeah. Uh, there's definitely some deep cuts to be found, but, um, I don't know. Did you recognize any, any other things in there? It's, I mean, it, it felt obvious to me that some of the, the, the family names were callbacks to something. We just obviously don't know what, but, um, anything else in there that you felt uh, was interesting or, or, uh, worthy of some commentary there? Oh, I loved the little radio, radio lantern. He was adorable. Nice, cool looking. I, uh, didn't they, they, they did sort of mention it in the initial pitches that there were going to be lanterns from like different types of lanterns and, you know, different sorts of beings being introduced. And didn't they say something about like a radio lantern or something like that? Yeah. So yeah, this is, this is, this is that, this is that promised, uh, creature. Um, so because it confused people, people were thinking, oh, this is another spectrum as in that we were going to have like, yeah, the, like the ultraviolet lantern, that this was going to be a whole another a whole another core or another or a variation on the core, as opposed to what it turned out, which they tried to. Cl- I think someone tried, whether it was officially clarified or just via speculation, that no, we think what they're talking about is there's just going to be a member of the Green Lantern Corps who happens to represent that's you know literally that 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 you know wave of that that energy spectrum, if you will, that that uh, so that and that's and that's. That's what we get here. I like his little, I like his little modified uh, Green Lantern symbol. They kind of, they kind of all the Grinch like to me a little. All, yeah. All, all, all of the, all of the radio wave people kind of all look. Uh, when when they're in their normal, you know, smaller, smaller state. Obviously, when uh, when Zip gets all supercharged and he gets, then, then he then he looks more like an alien. Then he more, looks more like a xenomorph than he does uh, something cute and cuddly. 
Yeah, the I don't know. I I don't have a suggestion for it. I don't know how it could have been done. So it's not really it's it's not necessarily a complaint uh, as opposed to just uh, thinking out loud. Maybe potentially suggestion. I wish they looked less electric like. Like I don't know. I mean, it's it's sound based. I don't know what frequency looks like in terms of difference between it and electricity. Obviously, the electricity look is as probably close as you're going to get to something like that. But it just looks so electric uh, that it 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 almost maybe confuses you in some way. But I, again, I don't know what that should look like. So who the hell knows? That's a good point. It, um, it, it didn't bother. It ahead. didn't really. It didn't really bother. Sorry, it didn't really bother me that much. But you're you're you are right. It did. It certainly played off more of a light concept than a sound concept. Yeah, for sure. All right. I mean, um, I've I, I, nothing to say except I really enjoyed it. It's it's its own one shot. It's standalone. It's what it. I mean, we've been saying this for for a while. Um, you know, DC has made a habit sort of of just taking the annuals and making them sort of the. Uh, Oh yeah, we have yet another issue to tell this story in, as opposed to keeping annuals to what they used to be, which is why their anthology series are their own standalone thing. Um, so it, it it's nice uh, that it happened here. Timing maybe could have been better, um, you know, because I I don't know. I it just I just wonder if maybe this would have been better coming out before number nine, you know, just sort of right in the middle of that space. Um, give us this breath of air before we jump into the next storyline as opposed to, you know, the first issue of this next storyline and then this breath of air and then the rest of the storyline. Um, but at the same time, I, I mean, it's, it, that's a nitpick. Um, enjoy the art, enjoy the story, enjoy the deep pools. Makes me want to, you know, uh, look into some more airwave stuff. Although I know I'm going to be sorely disappointed. Uh, <laughs> and it makes uh, makes me want to do that uh, that airwave spotlight we were planning on a while back, uh, guys. I I already even created album art for that thing, like a year or two ago. Uh, so it, it was in the works. But I do I, I do like uh, the the fact that the art uh, kept the classic costume and didn't try to really update it in any way. I mean. Um, it, it both screamed classic, but also screamed the um, youth of Hal Jr. Because, you know, it's it's very clear that he hasn't really, you know, he's clearly created a costume and a name for himself. But it, it you can tell just by the, this moment here, he hasn't been at it very, very long. So the fact that this kid would have come up with such a goofy looking costume kind of makes sense. So I, I do like that. X, he could join the X-Men with that outfit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't have anything, I don't have anything bad to say about it. I really did enjoy this. It was, it certainly was better than I expected based on the solicit. Uh, I, I, the whole setup around the family reunion and everything else that didn't, that didn't really, that didn't really throw me the, once, once I started reading the, you know, once we got into the issue and you realize that, oh, they mentioned the, the other Hal, and it's like, oh, yeah, so the, the, the sidekick thing is going to, you know, the sidekick thing, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be Airwave. Uh, but it was cool. It was, here comes that spinoff, Green Lantern and Airwave. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it, man. Uh, let's make it a six-issue mini. Um, bring in Vibe. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> do uh, bring in Flash and you know, kind of make it a you know dimensional frequency sort of team up. I mean, I mean, he's going to bring uh, create a. I mean, it's, I guess technically the the frequency beings is just I guess Morrison adding to his map of the multiverse, right? Like it's not necessarily yeah. another universe. It's just kind of. Un, it's 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 almost it's uh, almost like the antimatter universe, right? There was never multiple antimatter universes, one for each universe. There was just the antimatter universe, kind of that underpinned all of reality, right? I believe that. Well, is if correct. that's the case, I mean, if that's the case, then is that what he's saying here? I mean, he doesn't go into it a whole lot, so it's it it's almost pointless to debate it. But it's it's at the very least worth bringing up. Is this a new? piece of Morrison's map of the multiverse where it's another sort of overarching existence that that trend that 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 is um irrespective of universe the the frequency um I don't want to say universe but the the frequency state of being is just sort of in it could be accessible from any of the earths yeah. Or there are multiple frequencies on frequency uh, states of being per universe. Well, if they keep making comic books long enough, the answer will be yes to both. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. All right. Um, anything else we want to say about this before we, uh, I, I guess, close out the episode? It was. It was. It was a nice. It was a nice little one shot. I was. I was I was ple- pleasantly surprised. I I certainly think it certainly was a hell of a lot less confusing than uh let's say the la- the, Green- the Green Lantern number nine was. <laughs> it was a little e- it was a little easier to follow despite the annoyance of everybody talking in Z's, which which I've never been a huge fan of. Whether it's like uh was it Zax and the and the Hulk? I think it's Zax the like the electric monster villain that he faces uh. I've never been a big fan of of that kind of concept of using Z's or X's over and over again. I know why they do it. I'm I get I get the concept. I'm just saying. But that but other than that, no, it was it was it was it was, it was enjoyable and I think the artwork fit for the story, so it was so switching it up probably was a good thing. For sure. Um, I just thought of this. So before we do go into the closing, did you want to now bring up the solicit for number twelve? Oh yes, the solicit for number twelve, which now I probably have to find. Oh, I, I can get it because I gave it to you in I gave it to you in Facebook, didn't I? That day. I think so. Yeah, just give me a second. Uh, talk amongst yourself. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually I'm I'm not uh, like reading anything, but I'm uh, absentmindedly paging through a digital version of, of the most recent previews right now to see if there's anything of note in here Green Lantern related. Obviously not, but. I just got to the tomorrow section. Back issue number 17. Uh, oh shit. Um, hey, um, I, I was interested in it for, for the cover image, but the, 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 uh, uh, solicit for it is actually Green Lantern rated. So uh, double, double jeopardy. The cover of, uh, back issue number 17 is Beta Ray Bill. So. <laughs> I'm obviously getting that issue of back issue, but it says it's superhero stand-ins in back issue. John Stewart as Green Lantern, James Rhodes as Iron Man, Beta Ray Bill as Thor, Captain America, uh, Captain America substitute U.S. agent, 
Uh, new Batman Asriel and Superman's Hollywood proxy Gregory Reed. Featuring Neil Adams, Carrie Bates, Dave Gibbons, Ron Mars, Dave, uh, David Michelini, uh, Dennis O'Neill, Walter Simonson, Roy Thomas, and more under a Beta Ray Bill cover by uh, Walt Simonson. Um, so, yeah, um, for those of you not familiar, um, Tomorrow's Publishing puts out basically lots of comic book history stuff. Uh, like Alter Ego Magazine, um, Retro Fan Magazine. Uh, they do the American Comic Book Chronicles series. Um, they also do Back Issue. Um, and in this particular one, it looks like the theme is the superhero stand-ins. And the very first one mentioned is John Stewart as Green Lantern. So if you're looking for articles on on the, some history of comics and or have a special affinity for John Stewart, pick up Back Issue number uh, – 117. Um, it doesn't tell me when it's supposed to come out, but this is the previews for stuff releasing in October. Um, so I'm assuming October. Interesting. I mean, I was clearly into it for Beta Ray Bill because that cover looks awesome. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, uh, there's some Green Lantern stuff right there. All right. So I got to solicit for 12. Uh, this, and, and I apologize because yes, I, for those who listened to the Comic Con episode, I, I it was a it was it was an oversight on my part when we were trying to forget. Remember, did we miss anything? And it's like, well, we didn't miss any San Diego Comic Con stuff we really wanted to talk about, at least based on notes. But that was something that came up during the day, and I think I mentioned it in the episode. And I planned on bringing it back, but. But we did run a little longer than we expected. So this is the solicit for, for the, in case for, for those who haven't seen it, the solicit for the Green Lantern number 12 is the Green Lanterns will fall. Insidious plans meticulously set in motion since issue number one have reached their boiling point. As defeat looms for the core, Hal Jordan's showdown with his monstrous antimatter counterpart sets the stages for the final pages of this issue. And the, and that, and the moment will echo throughout the entire DC universe. How bad is it for Hal and the core? There's no Green Lantern 13 next month. But writer Grant Morrison is crafting the next chapter of the story, and it's coming soon. Only there's no Green Lantern in the title. After the events of this issue, how could there be? Fuck mm. that shit, I'm out of here. No, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Morrison! <laughs> so, <laughs> so, it either means that, that the, the Green Lantern, that, I mean, it could be multiple things. It could mean that we're having a temporary gap because they're going to be doing something else before the, before the Green Lantern picks up again. It could just simply mean the the Green Lantern as a book is going to end with issue twelve, and whatever continues on, whatever Hal, whatever is the next chapter in Hal's story as being told by Grant Morrison will continue in whatever title of the new book is. Either way, it doesn't make you feel warm and fuzzy inside. Or it could be what I mentioned that it's it's some weird one-off thing where it's they're good because if anybody's going to for i don't want to say force but get uh dc to go along with a stunt like this it's morrison they because of how last issue ended uh or how issue uh 12 ends or whatever 13's title could instead of being the green lantern could just be like the or it could be blank or something because morrison's trying to pull make it look like you know, whatever. Um, it, it, it just could just be a stunt for issue 13, um, which is not to say that the entire series name going forward is going to change just that one issue. 
it'll still be like if you're going to put it in your long box, it's still going to be technically the Green Lantern number uh, 13. Um, but it's just going to be it's going to have some sort of stunt title is what I'm thinking. Could just be Hal Jordan. <laughs> it could be. We don't know. Could be uh, could be whatever anti matter, whichever anti matter, anti matter villain he, you know, we were getting. It could be that. That could be the title of that. We don't. We don't know. Uh, but it, so there's a there's there's like those pretty much are the main possibilities of, of what's going to happen here. Either way, it doesn't it doesn't make you feel good that. There seems to be a gap, probably going to be a gap at least before we get a continuation of the story. And either way, just the fact that if they do decide to scrap the Green Lantern as a as a as a book and do go just have a new number one issue of something else, I don't know. The only the only positive for I think for most people right now is that it certainly doesn't seem like Morrison is jumping ship after a year. <laughs> Not entirely, anyway. He may be jumping ship off the book called The Green Lantern, but it doesn't look like he's like, okay, I tried writing Hal. I've, I've done it for a year. I've had enough. I'm done. <laughs> Does not appear that's the case yet. But yeah. So I guess I guess that is a positive, especially maybe maybe even more so depending on how the direction of the book, where it goes, since I, I wouldn't mind the book shifting a little bit direction-wise. This is still not my kind of book. It's better than I... It's better than I would have expected it to be, as I've said, before, you know, ad nauseum at this point. So I try not to go on, go on too much about it. But still, uh, I, I wouldn't mind it being a little more like the Lantern books that I'm used to, to a certain extent. So I doubt we're gonna. It would be a dramatic shift because it's Morrison. If, if he really wanted to, if that's the direction they wanted the book to go in, I'm sure he'd leave, since that's such a story he really wants to tell. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, it's, when is when is twelve supposed to I come out? I knew you were going to ask me that because when I cut and pasted it, I I think I want to say it's October, but I could be wrong. Because I've got the October previews in front of me. But what was the last batch of right what was the last batch? So of let me go to that came out because that's probably what it is. Uh, let's see, must be October because I just saw Viz Media October night twenty nineteen. Yeah, I'm page I'm paging through and I'm seeing the solicit for Legion of Superheroes two and a bunch of stuff. I'm serious. They're bringing back Secrets of Sinister House? Awesome. That cover looks sick. You see that? Secrets of Sinister House number one? I don't think I saw that when I was looking at the... Uh... Pull up the image of that. It's the, 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 tra- the, the trade dress. The cover um, layout looks super classic. That looks really cool. But yeah, but it must be it must be October because that's where all, all the are the latest solicits being posted are for October. So that must be what, what the Green Lantern Twelve is for. Um, oh, looks like they're doing Batwoman uh, for the Batman Beyond series. So Batwoman Beyond. Oh, did you see that they're remastering? Um, I'm not remastering. I, I guess remastering uh, and updating the Batman Beyond animated series yes, and releasing yes. a Blu-ray with that special pop. That was yeah. kind of, that was that was Comic Con news, wasn't it? Wasn't that something we didn't? Wasn't that? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. We didn't. We didn't cover. No, it, I know that's what I'm, I was about to say. I know we didn't cover, it, but I'm, but that's why it rang a bell. That was that was that was because I remember seeing some people on Facebook were were excited about that. Did you know that there's a deceased variant cover for the Green Lantern number 12? 
No, because I didn't. I don't know if I. I don't even. I'm trying to remember if I even saw the cover. I think I did see the cover for DC. Yeah, it's con- it's controller move doing the yes, yes, uh, yes, the puppet thing. Yes, you're right. That you're right. You're right. Yeah, that one I do. But remember. the 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 DC previews has a the the DC variant cover. Um, I don't know. Maybe you can try and find it, but I can screenshot it. Let's see. I don't know if you'll find it faster than I can screenshot. It looks real cool. Who is the variant artist? Uh, Riley Rosmo. The, but a bunch of a bunch of uh, um, people are doing variant covers. Uh, Deceased is the variant theme for that month. Um, not every variant cover is that on that theme, but a lot of them are. Like Harley Quinn, I think has a. It's, oh, that's Deceased. I think I got. Nope, that's not it. Bastards! They lied. They lied. Uh, right there. Now uh, let's, uh, send that. Yeah, I did see that cover, actually. I think I'm, I think I'm going to get that cover, and the reason being, have you been reading Deceased? No. So, this is obviously its own little thing. Uh, what if the, un- uh, the DC universe were to end now? You know, what, what's, what's this universe? How would that story play out? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but anyways, I, I won't go into like the, the impetus of this, how this happens or whatever. But at some point, Hal Jordan becomes infected by what's happening uh, and ends up dying as a result. And he he ends up dying while he's like kind of out on a camping trip with uh, with um, Ollie and Dinah. And uh, when he dies, Dinah gets the ring. That's so we have Green Lantern Black Canary in the story. That's that's odd, interesting but odd. Uh, she she looks cool. Um, uh, she's she. Uh, I think when she gets it, she says, "I I don't want this." And they tell her, you know, based on what's going on, you know, we don't care. Keep it. <laughs> You're, we're going to need it. <laughs> you know, that sort of a thing. Um, so that's kind of cool. And uh, another thing I saw, I, I I normally don't get like the little kitschy stuff on uh, in in previews like. Uh, you know, uh, kitchen objects and, you know, that sort of a thing. But I saw this, and I'm sending this to you right now, and I got to have it. Guys, it is, for those of you playing along at home, this is a desk lamp. <laughs> it's a, it's a I did desk see that, light. by the way. I did see that, by the way. <laughs> and it looks, it, it looks exactly like your standard desk light. It's got kind of like the little swivel and the black arm bend and all that stuff. But instead of like, just like a, a lampshade shaped sort of cover. It is the, 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 what was it? The 1997 Batwing? It's the Batplane from, from, uh, Batman Forever? That would have been, I think, 95, I think. 94, 95. It, had, it played the, it played the biggest role in Forever, right? Or was it, it probably it probably played as, as an equal. I mean, it's arguable about screen time which one had more. Sc- but I think it probably played as much of a. It probably was very close between between uh, the, the original Burton Batman and and Batman Forever. Batman Forever, yeah, he used it because he didn't have because all the because the Batmobile was blown up. <laughs> he had nothing else to ride right. <laughs> except for the bat, right. but, for, except for the little speedboat that Robin got. <laughs> But it just, I mean, it just looks so cool. It says just, it's the bat, 
So if you're looking for this, it's referred to as Batman uh, Batwing Pulsable Desk Light. It says just because he's known as the Dark Knight doesn't mean he doesn't want to shed a little light on things from time to time. That's where this comes in. Measuring approximately 23 and a half inches tall, the Batman Batwing Posable Desk Light is adjustable and powered by USB. Nine foot uh, USB cable included. Uh, it's I guess it was previously it's uh, solicited, but it's scheduled to ship in October, uh, and it's sixty bucks. Uh, I'm assuming it's LED because unless you have a big ass bulb under that Batwing. Um, I mean, it, it, that just looks cool, man. And my desk is black. I don't know if I'll have room for it somewhere. Um, but I think I think I maybe will get it and stash it away somewhere because I don't think I have room for it on this desk. But I know that at some point I do plan on getting a different desk than what I have. Um, something a little a little wider. So I have some more room here than just my speakers, my wireless, my, my internet router, my laptop, and my record player. I need... A little bit more space here, um, but yeah, I that just that looks too cool, man. It's it's not like overly kitschy. It's almost subtle. I mean, you're looking. It's obviously a bat wing, but it it's still it, the the rest of the light doesn't look like uh you know it's it's bat shaped or there's a big Batman logo on the base or or whatever. It 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 looks almost passable enough that you're like, if you were to walk by it, you'd be like, is that? That is the bat plane. <laughs> like, I, I'm not a fan of stuff that's in terms of this sort of a thing that is super obvious. Like, um, I'm not a Star Trek fan, but a few years ago they they um, solicited the uh, Enterprise pizza cutter. <laughs> I think I do remember like, that. Like, that's just subtle enough to where you you would pick it up and you'd be like, oh yeah, this is clearly the you know you open the drawer and you pick it up and you know this is clearly the pizza cutter, and then you would just hold it for a second and go, is that? Is this the freaking Enterprise? <laughs> I, I love stuff like that, and this sort of falls in that vein. <laughs> oh, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> it, it, it's it's here. It, if it's not here, it's got to be there. <laughs> when you think about it, pretty much everything's got to be here or there. <laughs> All right. You want to tell people how they can uh, reach us? Yeah, after en- ending on that George Carlin-like note. <laughs> The uh, <laughs> uh, lanterncast.com. The email is lanterncast at gmail.com. If you want to contact us via voicemail, 708 Lantern on iTunes and Stitcher, whichever platform you listen to us on, please leave us a positive review. And of course, we're on Facebook and Twitter. Use hashtag GLCast to locate us on any or either one of those. Awesome. Uh, next episode, we don't know for sure yet, but uh, would it be safe to assume it's one of the three we talked about catching up on? I actually had an idea, so it's it's not. Okay. Typical. Sounds good. Yeah, it, right. that's uh, not you. I'm, I'm I was I, I I just got more. I, I got a bad fan, fantasy baseball moment, so that that was what my typical mumbling was about. It's like, of course, my guy comes up with the bases loaded, strikes out. The next guy gets a hit and drives two runs in. <laughs> Off my picture at uh, nonetheless, yeah. So let's not commit to what we're doing next episode yet until uh, until. Sounds good. All right, guys, don't forget head out to your local Hallmark and pick up this uh, Green Lantern keepsake ornament for eight ninety nine before they're out because I'm telling you, it's very very likely you're not going to see these the closer we get to Christmas. So uh, we'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.